Chapter 15 of A Chinese Wonder Book by Norman Hinsdale Pittman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lusan, Daughter of Heaven. Lusan went to bed without any supper, but her little heart was hungry for something more than food. She nestled up close beside her sleeping brothers, but even in their slumber they seemed to deny her that love which she craved. The gentle lapping of the water against the sides of the houseboat, music which had so often lulled her into dreamland, could not quiet her now. Scorned and treated badly by the entire family, her short life had been full of grief and shame. Lusanne's father was a fisherman. His life had been one long fight against poverty. He was ignorant and wicked. He had no more feeling of love for his wife and five children than for the street dogs of his native city. Over and over he had threatened to drown them one and all, and had been prevented from doing so only by fear of the new Mandarin. His wife did not try to stop her husband when he sometimes beat the children until they fell half dead upon the deck. In fact, she herself was cruel to them, and often gave the last blow to Lusanne, her only daughter. Not on one day in the little girl's memory had she escaped this daily whipping. Not once had her parents pitied her. On the night with which this story opens, not knowing that Lusanne was listening, her father and mother were planning how to get rid of her. "'The Mandarin cares only about boys,' he said roughly. "'A man might kill a dozen girls, and he wouldn't say a word.' "'Lusanne's no good anyway,' added the mother. "'Our boat is small, and she's always in the wrong place.' "'Yes, and it takes as much to feed her as if she were a boy. "'If you say so, I'll do it this very night.' "'All right,' she answered, "'but you'd better wait until the moon is set.' "'Very well, wife. We'll let the moon go down first, and then the girl.' No wonder Lusanne's little heart beat fast with terror, for there could be no doubt as to the meaning of her parents' word. At last, when she heard them snoring and knew they were both sound asleep, she got up silently, dressed herself, and climbed the ladder leading to the deck. Only one thought was in her heart—to save herself by instant flight— there were no extra clothes, not a bite of food to take with her. Besides the rags on her back, there was only one thing she could call her own. A tiny soapstone image of the goddess Quan Yin, which she had found one day while walking in the sand. This was the only treasure and plaything of her childhood, and if she had not watched carefully, her mother would have taken even this away from her. Oh, how she had nursed this idol, and how closely she had listened to the stories an old priest had told about Quan Yin, the goddess of mercy the best friend of women and children, to whom they might always pray in time of trouble. It was very dark when Lusanne raised the trap-door leading to the outer air and looked out into the night. The moon had just gone down, and frogs were croaking along the shore. Slowly and carefully she pushed against the door, for she was afraid that the wind coming in suddenly might awaken the sleepers, or worse still, cause her to let the trap-door fall with a bang. At last, however, she stood on the deck, alone and ready to go out into the big world. As she stepped to the side of the boat, the black water did not make her afraid, and she went ashore without the slightest tremble. Now she ran quickly along the bank, shrinking back into the shadows whenever she heard the noise of footsteps, and thus hiding from the passers-by. Only once did her heart quake full of fear. A huge boat-dog ran out at her, barking furiously. The snarling beast, however, was not dangerous and when he saw this trembling girl of ten, he sniffed in disgust at having noticed anyone so small and returned to watch his gate. Lusanne had made no plans. She thought that if she could escape the death her parents had talked about, they would be delighted at her leaving them and would not look for her. It was not, then, her own people that she feared as she passed the rows of dark houses lining the shore. She had often heard her father tell of the dreadful deeds done in many of these houseboats, 
the darkest memory of her childhood was the night when he had almost decided to sell her as a slave to the owner of a boat like these she was now passing her mother had suggested that they should wait until lusan was a little older for she would then be worth more money so her father had not sold her lately perhaps he had tried and failed that was why she hated the river dwellers and was eager to get past their houses on and on she sped as fast as her little legs could carry her she would flee far away from the dark water for she loved the bright sunshine and the land as lusanne ran past the last houseboat she breathed a sigh of relief and a minute later fell in a little heap upon the sand not until now had she noticed how lonely it was over there was the great city with its thousands of sleepers not one of them was her friend she knew nothing of friendship for she had had no playmates beyond lay the open fields the sleeping villages the unknown world ah how tired she was how far she had run soon holding the precious image tightly in her little hand and whispering a childish prayer to kwan yin she fell asleep when lusan awoke a cold chill ran through her body for bending over her stood a strange person soon she saw to her wonder that it was a woman dressed in beautiful clothes like those worn by a princess the child had never seen such perfect features and so fair a face at first conscious of her own filthy rags she shrank back fearfully wondering what would happen if this beautiful being should chance to touch her and thus soil those slender white fingers as the child lay there trembling on the ground she felt as if she would like to spring into the fairy creature's arms and beg for mercy only the fear that the lovely one would vanish kept her from so doing finally unable to hold back any longer the little girl bending forward stretched out her hand to the woman saying oh you are so beautiful take this for it must be you who lost it in the sand the princess took the soap-sewn figure eyed it curiously and then with a start of surprise said and do you know my little creature to whom you are thus giving your treasure no answered the child simply but it is the only thing i have in the world and you are so lovely that i know it belongs to you i found it on the river bank then a strange thing happened the graceful queenly woman bent over and held out her arms to the ragged dirty child with a cry of joy the little one sprang forward she had found the love for which she had been looking so long my precious child this stone which you have kept so lovingly and which without a thought of self you have given to me do you know of whom it is the image yes answered lusanne the color coming to her cheeks again as she snuggled up contentedly in her new friend's warm embrace it is the dear goddess kuan yin she who makes the children happy and has this gracious goddess brought sunshine into your life my pretty said the other a slight flush covering her fair cheeks at the poor child's innocent words oh yes indeed if it had not been for her i should not have escaped to-night my father would have killed me but the good lady of heaven listened to my prayer and bade me stay awake she told me to wait until he was sleeping then to arise and leave the houseboat and where are you going lusanne now that you have left your father are you not afraid to be alone here at night on the bank of this great river no oh no for the blessed mother will shield me she has heard my prayers and i know she will show me where to go the lady clasped lusanne more tightly and something glistened in her radiant eye a teardrop rolled down her cheek and fell upon the child's head but lusanne did not see it for she had fallen fast asleep in her protector's arms when lusanne awoke she was lying all alone in her bed in the houseboat but strange to say she was not frightened at finding herself once more near her parents a ray of sunlight came in lighting upon the child's face and telling her that a new day had dawned 
at last she heard the sound of low voices but she did not know who were the speakers then as the tones grew louder she knew that her parents were talking their speech however seemed to be less harsh than usual as if they were near the bed of some sleeper whom they did not wish to wake why said her father when i bent over to lift her from the bed there was a strange light about her face i touched her on the arm and at once my hand hung limp as if it had been shot then i heard a voice whispering in my ears what would you lay your wicked hands on one who made the tears of kuan yin flow do you know that when she cries the gods themselves are weeping i too heard that voice said the mother her voice trembling i heard it and it seemed as if a hundred wicked imps pricked me with spears at every prick repeating these terrible words and would you kill a daughter of the gods it is strange he added to think how we had begun to hate this child when all the time she belonged to another world than ours how wicked we must be since we could not see her goodness yes and no doubt for every time we have struck her a thousand blows will be given us by yama for our insults to the gods lusan waited no longer but rose to dress herself her heart was burning with love for everything around her she would tell her parents that she forgave them tell them how she loved them in spite of all their wickedness to her surprise the ragged clothes were nowhere to be seen in place of them she found on one side of the bed the most beautiful garments the softest of silks bright with flowers so lovely that she fancied they must have been taken from the garden of the gods were ready to slip on her little body as she dressed herself she saw with surprise that her fingers were shapely that her skin was soft and smooth only the day before her hands had been rough and cracked by hard work and the cold of winter more and more amazed she stooped to put on her shoes instead of the worn-out soiled shoes of yesterday the prettiest little satin slippers were there all ready for her tiny feet finally she climbed the rude ladder and lo everything she touched seemed to be changing as if by magic like her gown the narrow rounds of the ladder had become broad steps of polished wood and it seemed as if she was mounting the polished stairway of some fairy-built pergoda when she reached the deck everything was changed the ragged patchwork which had served so long as a sail had become a beautiful sheet of canvas that rolled and floated proudly on the river breeze below were the dirty fishing smacks which lusan was used to but here was a stately ship larger and fairer than any she had ever dreamed of a ship which had sprung into being as if at the touch of her feet after searching several minutes for her parents she found them trembling at a corner with a look of great fear on their faces they were clad in rags as usual and in no way changed except that their savage faces seemed to have become a trifle softened lusan drew near the wretched group and bowed low before them her mother tried to speak her lips moved but made no sound she had been struck dumb with fear a goddess a goddess murmured the father bending forward three times and knocking his head on the deck as for the brothers they hid their faces in their hands as if dazzled by a sudden burst of sunlight for a moment lusan paused then stretching out her hand she touched her father on the shoulder do you not know me father it is lusan your little daughter the man looked at her in wonder his whole body shook his lips trembled his hard brutish face had on it a strange light suddenly he bent far over and touched his forehead to her feet mother and sons followed his example they all gazed at her as if waiting for her command speak father said lusan tell me that you love me say that you will not kill your child daughter of the gods and not of mine he mumbled and then paused as if afraid to continue what is it father have no fear first tell me that you forgive me the child put her left hand upon her father's forehead and held the right above the heads of the others as the goddess of mercy has given me her favor 
so i in her name bestow on you the love of heaven live in peace my parents brothers speak no angry words oh my dear ones let joy be yours for ever when only love shall rule your lives this ship is yours and all that is in it thus did lucan change her loved ones the miserable family which had lived in poverty now found itself enjoying peace and happiness at first they did not know how to live as lucan had directed the father sometimes lost his temper and the mother spoke spiteful words but as they grew in wisdom and courage they soon began to see that only love must rule all this time the great boat was moving up and down the river its company of sailors obeyed lucan's slightest wish when their nets were cast overboard they were always drawn back full of the largest choicest fish these fish were sold at the city markets and soon people began to say that lucan was the richest person in the whole country one beautiful day during the second moon the family had just returned from the temple it was kuan yin's birthday and led by lucan they had gone gladly to do the goddess honor they had just mounted to the vessel's deck when lucan's father who had been looking off towards the west suddenly called the family to his side see he exclaimed what kind of bird is that yonder in the sky as they looked they saw that the strange object was coming nearer and nearer and directly towards the ship every one was excited except lucan she was calm as if waiting for something she had long expected it is a flight of doves cried the father in astonishment and they seem to be drawing something through the air at last as the birds flew right over the vessel the surprised onlookers saw that floating beneath their wings was a wonderful chair all white and gold more dazzling even than the one they had dreamed the emperor himself sat in on the dragon throne around each snow-white neck was fastened a long streamer of pure gold and these silken ribbons were tied to the chair in such a manner as to hold it floating wherever its light-winged coursers chose to fly down down over the magic vessel came the empty chair and as it descended a shower of pure white lilies fell about the feet of lucan until she the queen of all the flowers was almost buried the doves hovered above her head for an instant and then gently lowered their burden until it was just in front of her with a farewell wave to her father and mother lucan stepped into the fairy car as the birds began to rise a voice from the clouds spoke in tones of softest music thus kuan yin mother of mercies rewards lucan daughter of the earth out of the dust spring the flowers out of the soil comes goodness lucan that tear which you drew from kuan yin's eye fell upon the dry ground and softened it it touched the hearts of those who loved you not daughter of earth no longer rise into the western heaven there to take your place among the fairies there to be a star within the azure realms above as lucan's doves disappeared in the distant skies a rosy light surrounded her flying car it seemed to those who gazed in wonder that heaven's gates were opening to receive her at last when she was gone beyond their sight suddenly it grew dark upon the earth and the eyes of all that looked were wet with tears End of chapter fifteen